And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 3, Episode 5, Bedtime Stories. I'm Chris Barros. And my name's Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the show, or welcome to the show if you're a first-time listener. Chris, we are chugging right through Season 3 here. Uh, I can't believe we're on Episode 5 already. A short season, as we've said many times in previous episodes here. This is a fun one. This is a popular one. Uh, we're, we're active on Reddit. We asked the people of, of Reddit, Chris, what is it that you remember about season three? And a lot of people uh, choose this one as the one that was either the most memorable or it got them into the show to begin with. You know, the promos back on, on the CW when it was on TV. I think this promo caught a lot of people's eyes because it was based on stories that people already know from their childhood. So this was a popular one. So plenty to dig into here, Chris. But this episode is, is probably a sleeper among the whole season. It's it's one of my favorites. It is sneaky good. I describe this one kind of in that way because it's a very good episode, in my opinion. I don't think it's my top episode by any means, but it, it's really fun. And when you get into things like fairy tales and we hit on Cupid and other stuff, you know, later on in this show, actually Hansel and Gretel, to some extent, we end up hitting on. Uh, there's a whole thing that involves them. It, as, as real characters so it, we hit on some of these things later on but the idea of fairy tales and a children's a child's mind and I, I think that's a really interesting piece to this because the monster in this one is a spirit really that's just bringing forward these fairy tales and unbeknown to a father who's heartbroken so it's it there's a lot of really neat things going on in this this synopsis really is that a girl who's in a coma <laughs> set off by her from her being poisoned by her wicked stepmother sets off a series of murders and they're all based on fairy tales and the opening shot of this episode i mean we're in maple springs i didn't even catch the state i'm gonna be quite new honest. York. we're still in the east new York? Coast. yep okay so there you go we're in maple springs and I, this opening scene is free man at construction site we later learn their brothers and if you actually watch they all die by some piece of material like it, the and it's just it's really well done in the sense that they just kind of reminiscently did the three little pigs, uh, though, again, it's it's an interesting opening and that looks just so standard. But, Dan, I will tell you, and I normally say these for the references, I didn't pick up on it, but there's an advertisement towards the beginning in that opening segment that I somehow missed the first time I watched this. It says once upon a time. So they immediately tease in the fact that this is all about fairy tales. Yeah, I love the the creative choices they're making in this season, Chris. We we saw the introduction of demons, right? Uh, werewolves, vampires, all these different monsters. This season, though, we're starting to get a little more fantastical, can I say? The, the Seven Deadly Sins, as an example, to actually personify that and to bring that uh, into the universe in a physical form was quite a bold choice, in my opinion. And then also with this, you're taking real fairy tales and creating monsters out of them. So they're really sort of broadening their horizons. We'll see in season, you know, season four and five, Chris, some of the the more meta episodes that they're going to do. But you can see that the writers are starting to get a little more, um, I don't want to say risky, but a little bolder with their choices. I think they're starting to understand that. Sam and Dean, the boys themselves, as long as they're together, you can sort of throw whatever plot at them you want because the characters are so strong. And there's a line in here, Chris. Um, it, it's Sam that comes up with, you know, the idea that, you know, all of these cases, and we'll get into what the other two are, all these cases are starting to feel like fairy tales. And Dean goes, 
Sam, that's crazy. And, and Sam goes, what, crazier than our everyday lives? And I thought, man, what a good line, because it's so true, right? They see ghosts and spirits and demons, and why not? Why not fairy tales? So I love that they went in this direction. There's a couple of more we'll get into, Chris, but I really love that opener. The three overweight brothers, they're arguing about which house is going to be the strongest, right? One is using wood, one is using cinder block. So it's it's perfect. It, it is very well done. It's very obvious that it's the three little pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see it, how it's, how it's executed, I think is great. It, it, let's, let's also hit on something that's key in this episode, which is that the cult is back. Uh, and right at the start, Sam wants to use it to free Dean from his deal. And Dean's kind of like, dude, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of get off that idea. Um, but the cult is back. It's repaired. It works. Um, we don't question it too much. We know Bobby was, you know, playing around and trying to find ways but at this point you know from a plot perspective the cult is back they have arguably their most powerful weapon with more than i think it's fair to say unlimited ammo at this point i mean compared to before because they can make ammo for it now so um they've done something that really i don't it's fair to say probably no one else had done at that point because that cult had sat in a box and john didn't do much with it saved Mm -hmm. to kill the demon um should have gone to Bobby sooner, clearly, so they didn't have to deal with how many bullets do we have left. But yep. you know, that's that was part of part of that plot was the relationship was not there. So but it's interesting. This one, like they 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 question Sam and Dean question Kyle, the surviving victim, who by the way was in the strongest house um in terms of material, just funny enough. Yep. And uh, and there's a great scene here. Where they they're they're expecting like a werewolf and it's not a werewolf it's just a man just it was just a man it, the plot plays out the same but it's just a man but there's a great moment also in it where Sam is forced to show his sketch and it's not good it's like a stick figure uh, and and it's kind of like oh n- never never makes Sam the sketch artist is one thing I learned immediately from this episode because it, it is he does not do a great job at it. Yeah, he went to law school, right? He's more of a, a writer than he is uh, an artist. Uh, uh, Dean is going by Detective Plant, which is a Led Zeppelin reference, of course. And uh, this is a new job for the boys, sketch artists. We can add that to our list, Chris. They've been detectives before, obviously, and they will again. But sketch artists, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to use that one again through the rest of the series. So that was, that was really funny to see. Um, but yeah, look, they're going after all of the victims, and they're trying to piece together. What the hell is going on? You already said, Chris, they thought it was a werewolf at first. Later in the episode, they started to check for sulfur. Uh, They do an EMF uh, reading to try to see if it's a spirit, a demon. They're really not quite sure what the hell is going on or or what is causing, you know, these these attacks. Um, Eventually, though, they they start to see a little girl. And Chris, I know you have a thing about creepy children. This one wasn't like it wasn't oh. scary. Maybe creepy is the word, but she wasn't scary. And we start when we learned that it's actually the spirit of someone that's alive, which we don't encounter very often, Chris. Yeah, she's kind of in like that between space that she she can't quite leave. Right. Stuck in a coma. Right. And when we meet her father, uh, you know, we, we meet the doctor in this episode. Uh, we we learned that she's an eight year old girl in a coma. Um, and they will eventually deduce the fact that she was poisoned, right? Poisoned by her stepmother. I mean, mm-hmm. sounds like sounds familiar, right? So when we learn this, you know, that that's one thing. But then as we go through the story and we have this conversation, we learn that she's been being read uh, fairy tales. You know, he's been reading to his daughter in his coma. And, you know, it's 
it's great he's sitting side by side with his daughter trying to you know in hopes that one day she'll come back to him but the reality here is that's what's setting all these things off it's these ideas from these fairy tales that are being read and they're manifesting so it's a neat concept and i don't again we've seen this kind of a manifestation of stuff before but it's not often so i really enjoy this concept the idea that a spirit can essentially manifest a, a scenario uh, based from in this case a book and i think it's kind of cool um it, again and i think we go back to fairy tales you know um aesop's fables by the way were not the most lovely tales in existence if you actually read the real the real stories a lot of these stories are pretty creepy there's a whole show around that um the name is slipping my mind um involves a werewolf as one of the main characters um but but yeah it's really interesting but in this time dan another victim happens and that's we've got julie watson and her husband ken are drugged in this in the woods by a sweet old lady who then tries to kill them so we've got another story right there we got hansel and gretel later on we also deal with little red riding hood where a girl in a red hoodie go is taken so it's it's really interesting as they're happening you almost want more like you wish it was almost extended see what other tales could you do in this one because it's kind of hitting a a few big ones but there's a lot of a lot of stories out there oh yeah there's a ton and you know the doctor we see him reading uh brothers grim which was the the name you were looking for chris that's That's it yes brothers grim they were the original uh, authors of a lot of the the stories, uh, the ones we've mentioned already, but tons more. Um, and those stories, like you said, they were not quite as Disneyfied, uh, if I can create that word uh, right here, uh, as they are now. They they were very violent, um, uh, created for adults, as a matter of fact. And so the doctor is reading his daughter the originals. Uh, he's not reading her, you know, a bedtime story. I think the the title of this episode is is somewhat ironic. Um, they're not bedtime stories. They're very scary. And actually, um, the the girl herself, uh, remind me of what her name is, Callie, Chris? Um, Callie, yes. The, the doctor's daughter, she is actually trying to tell Sam and Dean, obviously, you know, her dad later on, she, she does get to have that time with him. But she's trying to tell Sam and Dean through these stories and through little Easter eggs that, hey, I, I'm sort of in this place I don't want to be in. Help me. She, she actually leaves behind an apple. Um, for Sam and Dean, which, as we know, Snow White, yep. she was poisoned by an apple. And so she's not able to speak the spirit of of Callie, but she's leaving behind these messages to say, I'm I've been told these stories. I am projecting things that maybe are just out of her control, Chris. Maybe she's hearing these stories and, you know, they're well, just we kind talk of going about spirits losing control, too. And maybe they do it at different rates. We'll get much deeper into this later, in particular around stories with bobby unfortunately in the future mm-hmm. um but you lose control a little bit the longer you're gone now if she's been in this coma does that amplify that do you yeah. are you also more powerful source of the coma because you're stuck in the veil kind of so i mean there's a lot of ways you can go around this I, we don't have a lot to work off of we're kind of you know we're these are hypotheticals because we don't really deal with this i don't think we do we deal with this again i i don't know that we do anything like this no, no. Yeah, not really, Chris. And that's a good point. I mean, the the ghost of Callie is what, eight or nine. And we see her her body in the hospital close to 18, if not already 18. So she's been in this coma a good time. It's a great point. Um, she's, yeah, she's, she's had probably a decade losing... of a decade of just being like, I want to leave. Right. And and I mean, again, and, and I think we've said this before, put yourself in the, the, the place of the spirit. 
in these situations. You're stuck walking around with no one for 10 years. You think you're going to keep your sanity? Mm-hmm. I get I get lonely if I'm alone like and don't see people for two days. Right. I will lose my mind then. So what am I going to do in 10 years? I'm I'm going to try and let people know I'm here. So what do I, what do you got to do to do that? Yeah. And that's what she's trying to do. But when the doctor does admit it and, and you know, he he comes across his daughter, obviously, uh, he doesn't want to actually believe she was killed by the stepmom. And I think that's the uh, that's the other hard part of this episode is she has to accept that for her to go on. That's mm. really the thing that's waiting. Like he has to let go of her. But she also has to feel like almost to move on. She has to know that he gets it like your mom was not good. And you're, you know, my mom was not good. My mom killed me. Um, and it's a stepmom that, you know, plays along with the tarry tale that, that tells with the kind of a, a tail line of a, of a fairy tale. But hey, it's in this reality. It doesn't matter if it's a stepmom, a mom, a brother. It's she was killed. She was poisoned. And now she's stuck. And that sucks. And yeah. so you feel for her character. She doesn't want to do any of the things that that are happening. She's just kind of stuck almost watching just like she's stuck listening. Yeah. And and, and this I, I believe they're describing uh, Callie as a vengeful spirit. If you're looking on Supernatural Wiki, which, you know, shout out to them. We, we reference their notes uh, a fair bit. Um, they're listing her as a, a vengeful spirit, which, Chris, I think is fair. Black and white. Right. She is a vengeful spirit. But this is one where she's not doing it directly. Right. She's she's sort of stuck in between the veil. As you said, she's trying to get out of it. She's trying to use the apple as a sign to say, help me. Um, Sam eventually gets to the doctor. Dean is dealing with, you know, the aftermath of of uh, her her summonings. He's being attacked. He's trying to protect more people uh, from being killed. Sam gets to the doctor and ultimately the doctor accepts the fact that my daughter, I, you know, I actually have been seeing the spirit of her. I don't want to believe it, but I'm going to embrace it now. And she appears to him and you know, we, we do get the resolution there, Chris, but it's, it's a sad, it's a really sad story. Um, this one between the doctor and his daughter. Yes. He, he just recently lost his wife who now it turns out was evil and killed his daughter. And now you have to let your daughter go. And so I really felt for the doctor in this moment. And of course this job is for Sam because Sam is always the one to bring people, you know, the, the, to a place of, of peace as he often does, as we've seen in, in previous uh, seasons here. And, yeah, this one, while it was fun as it was going along, Chris, it, it kind of left a, a a bitter taste in my mouth, um, the resolution it, there. It, it's interesting, though, but it's funny because as emotive as Sam is and they, you know, it's a, it is this this nice. I will point out, actually, that when she passes, the man attacking Dean returns to normal as well. So Dean's able to kind of get out of it because of Sam again, that they got each other's back in all these different ways. Sometimes they're not in the same place. Um, but after this, there is a scene that's important that we have to speak to. And we got to spend some time on, which is the fact that even though it's a, it's, I don't even want to call it a short scene because it's not that short. It's a really great speech by a, by the crossroads demon. Actually, she's really fantastic in this one. Um, and Sam summoning that crossroad demon, the one that, you know, Dean is now dealing with. Mm-hmm. She gives a pretty good speech from about like killing me changes. Nothing. Someone bigger holds this contract. And that is a reference. We know who it's a reference to, um, uh, you know, and, and that's neat. I mean, that's Crowley that is being referenced just not by name essentially. Um, Cause at this point he's basically the king of, we, we kind of assume at this point he's started to take control or is the king of hell. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a few years without the boys to do it. Right. Uh, and then he does eventually kill her. And it's almost a killing her in cold blood type moment, because when you think about it, he's by guaranteeing, uh, you know, their death, her, her death. He's killing the woman that she's possessing. He's not trying to save her. He's just saying, screw you. I'm going to kill you. And he's killing the body. He's killing the the ghost, you know, the, the demon, not the ghost. So it's a it's another kind of dark move in, in a sense for Sam. And what we see them kind of build up over this time. He wants Dean out of this deal so much, but he's not listening to the reason that killing me, she's basically saying, will accomplish nothing. She says some hard truths to him too. Like, won't it be kind of nice to not have your brother bossing you around? Like, there's he's hearing some things that you know are kind of like, well, yeah, but mm. you know, and and he knows it. He wants his brother around in the end, regardless. And so this is the length he's willing to go. This does not help him in in that goal. If anything, it it probably makes it worse. Yeah, that's that's sort of storyline B, right, Chris? Throughout all of these episodes so far, one through five, storyline B or or C in some cases is that the tensions between Sam and Dean of do we want to try to get you out of your deal versus what will it take to get you out of your deal are really at an all-time high in this episode. And Sam finally takes action, as you said, shoots and kills the crossroad demon. I think he had hoped for a name, right? He was looking to see, okay, well, who does hold the deal? And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that on the next episode, Chris, because Dean starts to come along a little bit. Now that they understand the hierarchy of the, you know, the demons and, and the kingdom there, they're understanding that there is someone with the deal. And if they could just find that person, you know, they, they have a lead there. So this was a great episode in furthering that that plot. I love the, the Crowley reference. I sort of wish they had named him at this time just to just to give us the name. And then we meet him later on. That would have been really nice. But. I bet, cool. but I I guarantee you a lot of people, and and there might be someone who listens to this. Um, but I, I I guarantee you a lot of people don't even think about the fact that the person holding this deal is Crowley. I'm sure it's 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 a simple line, right? It's it's easy to not think about the fact that we're talking about Crowley, who's arguably one of the best characters in the show. You oh, know, so as far as I'm concerned, he's a top five character actually. So I mean, he. It, He's a character that people love, you know, and you love to hate him for a little bit, but it's kind of hard to not love him at one point because he's just kind of fun. But uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, we've got some nice things we noted, but I will say the Crossroads Demon is Sandra McCoy. That was Jared's girlfriend at the time. Oh, wow. No so, kidding. Yeah. So that was uh, at the time Jared's girlfriend. Interesting. And I just want to say, Chris, this one in particular, the chemistry between Jensen and Jared was like spot on it, it was really clear to me their banter their dramatic scenes like you can throw the two of them in any scenario which might come off as like cheesy or unrealistic with any other two actors if you had replaced them but their chemistry in this one in particular like i think they've really gelled to form this super team now no, we're you know season three episode five they've they've already found they had chemistry when they began right Obviously, that's why the show got picked up. But in this episode, it's really clear to me that they understand each other's timing. Um, every scene is realistic when they're both in it together. It's like the the banter, uh, just seeing them on screen together was like really fun. And, and that was really clear. That was the biggest takeaway for me outside of all the lore that we covered. Yeah. It, again, uh, there's 
we're and we'll come up on some really cool lore scenes. We've got um we've got some really awesome episodes coming up. Uh the not next episode, but two episodes from now. Uh, we see in something we're going to talk about, I, I guarantee you, in just what is it like to be a vampire in, in, a, in a way that we have never seen before. And I wish we got that kind of thing with more monsters. But when we deal with lore as a whole, the idea of dealing with fairy tales now, that opens up the door for so many things. The fact that you saw fairy tales, you can go creatively in so many directions. So they, they take the steps in, in a lot of great directions here. Um, and we hope you'll keep going along and see all the directions that this show goes as we rewatch it and hopefully uncover a few new things for you. Um, as Dan mentioned, uh, we are on Reddit, so you'll see us there on occasion. Um, also, we're on Twitter, and uh, that's in the, the show notes, able to find us. And uh, then definitely, if you're enjoying it, uh, you can drop in for any episode, certainly. But if you want to come start from the beginning with us, uh, we're now in the, the 50s on episodes. So plenty of seasons that you can go back and rewatch with us and uh, hope that you will join us. Uh, we don't ask it often, but I will say if you do like the show, make sure you uh, do leave a review on on channels it does help people discover us and uh we certainly want to be out there and uh get the word out on what really was a great show uh and hopefully whether we inspire someone to watch or rewatch, you know we'll be we'll be pretty happy with that but with that dan i would say that's it for this week but we'll be back because after all we've got work to do 